Hi, and welcome to Unquenchable Hope. I'm Luann Botta. And I'm Marianne Crum. Ladies, we know it's hard to hang on to hope in a world that sometimes seems bent on stealing it, but it's not impossible. So stay tuned as we tackle all kinds of issues and talk about how, you know, no matter what this world dishes out, you can live with unquenchable hope. Okay, well, today we're going to go off in a bit of a different direction, and we're going to talk about those times when we feel like God has gone silent. And I don't know if that is an experience that you have had personally, but it's certainly something that Luann and I have experienced in our in our long lives. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I kind of wanted to just start by reassuring all of us, I guess, that just because we struggle with that and we wonder about that and we have questions about that doesn't mean that we are spiritual midgets because some of the big boys of the Bible struggled mm-hmm. with the same thing. And uh, Job was certainly one of those, and it's yes. understandable with all he went through. But in Job thirty twenty. He said this to the Lord. He said, I cry to you for help and you do not answer me. I stand and you only look at me. I love how honest and and raw that is. And and I've been there. I've been in that place. David is another one. The Psalms are just full of his crying out to God. In Psalm 13, he said, how long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart all the day? Mm. Well, you know, just listening to those two, the very first thing I thought of, the first thing we always think is God's mad at us, Mm -hmm. and that's why he went silent, or what did I do wrong? Both those guys just said, what did I do wrong? Yeah. Like in kind of what they were just speaking out there. Right. So that is really where I think we're wrong in our understanding of God's silence. Mm-hmm. And and it, look at those two gentlemen alone, Job crying out, look what God was doing in his life and what he was yeah. showing him. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with David. So it's it's how God is showing us, even in his silence, he doesn't go away. He's probably closer than he's ever been. But we're afraid, where are you? Where, where have you been? Why aren't you here? Why aren't you listening? God, I can't do this. And we just react like that. I know I'm prone to give God human-like characteristics. Yes. And there's a scripture somewhere that said, you thought I was like you. It's God yes. speaking. And I think because when a human is mad at us, we get the silent treatment. So our first inclination is to think, if we don't feel like we're hearing from God, well, he must be mad at me. Yeah, You know, that's just how how we think. But I'm hoping that over the course of this conversation that we can remind ourselves and everyone who's listening that God is not like we are no. and his <laughs> silence is not be always because he's mad at us or even usually because he's mad at us. So, you know, I like to always say, cause I was a teacher for so long when a teacher gives a test, the teacher's not talking. So sometimes in our lives, when there's silence, it's because God may be testing us Exactly. And wanting us to get closer mm-hmm. and deeper with him. Mm-hmm. And so he'll go silent for a season. And look, we both have been there. I'm sure you've been there. I've been there. When he's gotten quiet, and then we either run towards him or we run away. Yeah. It's it's that, you know, I, oh, hey, you're not saying anything, so I, I'm afraid of you, or I'm afraid to get close to you, or those kind of things, because that's popped up into my head. 
And it's only been when I've run toward him in the silence that the silence breaks. That's exactly what we do with people. Yes, I think, we do. Which is why we're instructed that if there's a something going on in a relationship, if someone has something against us or we have something against them, we're, we're supposed to go to them. Yes. But our natural oh. reaction mm-hmm. is if somebody's mad at me, if they're quiet, if there's this awkwardness in the relationship. I'm, I'm just going to withdraw. And we do the same thing to God, again, yes. because we think he's like we are. That's good. But the testing thing I That's thought good. about, too, with the, the Israelites, God said that he tested them when they were in the wilderness so they would see what was in their hearts. There you go. And those times of silence, I think, do that for us as well, because then we know, are we dependent completely on some kind of supernatural evidence that God is there? Or do we have enough faith to believe that even when we're not hearing, I guess, in quote marks. Or, yes, or <laughs> sensing his presence or yeah. those kind of things. Yeah, and, and maybe it's good to define that. What do we even mean by silence? It, yeah. it's, it's probably more what you just said. Well, I think it's sensing his presence. And you know, because yeah. I think, obviously, we've all experienced times where we've known God has been right there. Mm-hmm. And um, so I think it's this presence. I, I know that's why I have my quiet time. I'm looking to be in, in his presence. Yeah. And that comes when I start to worship. So I think the silence is when we don't sense his presence. Mm-hmm. And it still doesn't mean that he's gone anywhere. Right. It's He's just still right there. There was a pastor that I think most people have heard of. His name was Pastor Andrew Brunson. And he was in jail in Turkey for two years. Uh, he and his wife, been, they're Americans. They went over to Turkey. Um, they felt called. They had been 20 years there. And two years ago, it might have been, I, I think maybe it was three years ago or something like yes. that. He and his wife, as he has told the story, he was called in to the I guess they're police or whatever. And he thought they were just going to ask him about that. He had to still fill out papers to belong there, you know, to to be a resident in Turkey or whatever. And here they arrested him for treason. Mm -hmm. And he said that when he went into the prison, he thought that God was going to meet him there and that he was going to experience this incredible relationship with the Lord as he was in a Turkish prison, prison which I understand Turkish Turkish prisons, <laughs> trying to say that 10 times, yeah. um, you do not want to be in there yeah. because they're brutal. Well, he said God went silent, and he went silent on him for two solid years right before he was getting out. Mm. And he talked about how in that silence, and he's crying. I mean, he said, you know, he lost 50 pounds in there, crying and crying out of fear of what was going to happen to him, but crying out to God. And it's just that the Lord had gone silent, but then he noticed it within himself. And what he did in that time frame. He got closer to the Lord, even without sensing his presence, Hmm. because he said the one thing he always had was the presence of God. And so without feeling that presence, he kept going after it every morning. He goes, I would wake up and I would feel so hopeless in the day, but I would start saying, God, no matter what happens today, I'm going to rejoice and I'm going to worship in you and I'm going to cry out to you and I'm going to give you thanks. And he did that 
over and over and over again, day after day, week after week, month after month. So when you're not feeling that emotionally, the thing that ties you to God's presence is just faith. Is just is all the faith that he had built up before that experience. Correct. All of the word. Did he have a copy of the Bible with him? No, he said. Oh, that's a great question because that's why it makes it so important for us to know the word. Because mm-hmm. obviously he didn't have a Bible with him. Somebody had given him some kind of a prayer thing that he said he said every day, but obviously what was going to come back to him was what he had already known. Yeah. That's why it's real important that we study the word. It's Absolutely. not just, a, it's just not a Sunday when we cannot expect the pastor to give us our, all of our filling. It's not fair. Right. It has to be on our own to go in and search the word ourselves, memorize, meditate, and, and to get that word in your spirit because then it comes out when it needs to. Exactly. It's, it's, it's like depositing money in the bank. Yes. You don't put it in there. You can't get it out. There and, you go. Yeah. There you go. So thinking about the idea that it's by faith in those seasons when we're not feeling the warm fuzzies. Yes. <laughs> it's by faith that we know God is there because he's told us that he never leaves us or forsakes us. Okay. So it's, it's choosing to believe that's true and going forward, doing all the right things that you know to do, continue to have those quiet times, continue to spend time in the Word, continue to pray, continue to go to church, fellowship with believers, go to Bible studies. I think that's incredibly important to continue to do the right yeah. things. And you know, it is funny, even as you're saying that, it's not easy no. Because you're still feeling like, God, where are you? But mm-hmm. um, at the same time, it is our walk. It's walk by faith and not by sight. And so it is our walk. Really, when we come to the Lord, when we choose to be a follower of Christ, our highest purpose every day when we get up is to please Him. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're to be about, is bringing pleasure to the God that we serve. So in Hebrews 11, verses 6 and 7, it says, Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who seek him. So there's a huge element of this that regardless of, of what our emotions are telling us, that if my goal in life is to please the Lord and faith is the thing that pleases him, then I need to believe by faith that he is not really silent. He's yes. there, or his silence doesn't mean that he's gone. And I think, well, actually, <laughs> we can say this really easily. Mm-hmm. When Jesus thought that God went silent on him. Yeah. When he said, you know, my God, my, my God, God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. So he has felt that. Now, if he feels that, he understands when we feel that. God had to turn his head mm-hmm. and go silent on him because Jesus was going to take on everyone's sin. Yeah. And we're going to talk down the road on this topic about the reasons why sometimes God may seem to go silent yes, and then yes. some some lies that are really not reasons, but we think they're the reasons that God has gone yeah. silent. So we'll get into that in a little while. And this may end up being two episodes. We'll see. But again, kind of going back to that idea of it's it's by faith that we trust all the scriptures where God says he won't leave us and he won't forsake us. Jesus had said, have you believed because you've seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believed. If our goal is to please him, it pleases him when we trust him, even when we can't sense his presence. That's exactly. 
Maybe he's testing us so that we can see that we need to grow a little bit in the area of faith. Yes. And that's why I think that we can't panic, Mm -hmm. you know, when we sense that he's not. That's a great, that was a great scripture because obviously the Bible is used and those characters are used as examples for us because we were going to be going through the same thing. But you know what? When we look at people that have been martyred for the faith and all of that, their names could have been in there just as well. Yeah. So so I just think that when we are going through a time of silence in the Lord, watch that we don't beat ourselves up. Mm-hmm. Watch that you don't say, God, it's because I'm this, 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 and I'm not worthy, and I'm not good enough. When we start to do that, then we go deeper into that hole yeah. where we're not, shouldn't even be going because it needs to be, Father, I thank you. I know you're right here. I thank you that you're, you're directing me. Show me what you want me to see in this silence. Um, build my faith, help my patience. You're just bringing up things like that because I, I just feel like we get down on ourselves. I just felt it recently and I had to remind myself that he wasn't gone. Mm-hmm. He just was quiet for a second, but it, he came right back and it's just me singing and, and bringing back to him that I know that you're here mm-hmm. and I know that you're not leaving me. You're not forsaken me. I think that sometimes the Lord goes silent when he's building our faith and it I'll get, goes yeah. right back to your faith. And the other thing that came to mind was that I have two sons that are both in their thirties now. So they're big boys and all grown up. <laughs> but when they were young, you know, I had to micromanage a lot of their lives when they're toddlers, you're watching them all the time and, and you're hovering more, but the older they get, the more I had to trust that the values and the right and wrong and the morality and the faith, all those things that we had put in them, you have to trust them to walk out. So now here they are in their thirties and their parents, their dads. And, um, I don't call them all the time to find out what they're doing. I don't micromanage their lives. And because they're boys, they don't tell me anyway what they're doing. But, and if you're (laughs) listening to this, you need to call your mom sometimes. But, um, but you know, I just, I trust, I'm not panicking And I just thought, well, as we are older in the Lord, as we've walked with him longer, we should know. I mean, we know his character. We know more about his ways. We know more of his word. And so maybe sometimes he's just saying to us, I I trust you. You know, I trust that you know me. Yeah, and that exactly. you'll walk through this. You walk through right. this with me. It's always a dependence on the Lord. He does Absolutely. want that. Yes. Yeah. So I think there's. Yes, I get what you're saying, but at the same time, I think that we can walk hand in hand with Him. And 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 when you're walking that with your husband, you're you're not always talking. Right. So there's that as well. Yeah. And the longer you're married, the less. <laughs> I mean, the less you kind of need to. Yes. Talk all the time. You know each other. That's right. Yeah. I think that's where he was. And we can go back with Job. I think that's where, obviously, God knew the outcome of what it was going to be for Job's yeah. life. He was going to return everything mm-hmm. to him like double, mm-hmm. which is amazing. But he needed those guys to hear themselves. He needed his him to hear what his friends had to say. Mm-hmm. His wife said, you might as well just you know, curse God and die. And then... Job said, no, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And he stuck with the Lord. And the Lord, I mean, that was a conversation literally between Satan and God at the beginning of that. 
where Satan's like, hey, what about this guy? You, he just trusts you because you've been good to him. Mm-hmm. And the Lord's like, no, you know what? Just don't kill him. Yeah. And so uh, you're like, whoa, <laughs> wait a minute. But at the same time, he's showing us Job's heart Yeah, in the midst of all that he went through in such a short matter of time mm-hmm. and how his friends reacted to him, how his, even his wife reacted to him. And then, but Job stayed the course because yeah. he knew his God. And heaven was watching yes. because it had started with Satan having yes. that conversation. So I heard a speaker share one time about how much it helped her. And it's helped me too, to think about that we are surrounded by a cloud of witnesses, as it says in Hebrews, that are watching this tension play out in our lives of, are they going to be obedient to the Lord? Are they going to show faith or are they going to collapse when the pressure's on? And I think this thing of God going silent is one of those tests. It's not a heavy. I think what we're trying to Mm -hmm. convey here is that God is faithful. And even when we think that his presence has left us, he has not. I will never leave you or forsake you. He has said that. And we all know that line. But in our flesh and in our emotions, in our mind, you're gone. You left me. You left me here by myself. You left me. Oh, you I, I, me. yeah. I Here's a scripture I want to read with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I just thought of it. It's Hebrews 13, 5, but it's the amplified version. Mm. And this I say all the time, and I read it all the time because... If I think God has gone silent, or if I think the presence hasn't been like I was used to, I use the scripture and it says, for God himself has said, so this is the Lord speaking, I will not in any way fail you, nor give you up, nor leave you without support. I will not, I will not, I will not in any degree leave you helpless, nor forsake, nor let you down, nor relax my hold on you, assuredly not. Yes. I love that. I will not. I will not. I, I will, will not. not. So you just bring that back to the Lord and say, you said you would not leave me. And there begin to start your faith. Again, our hope is in his word, not necessarily yes. in our emotions. Correct. And so wrapping up this segment with where's the hope in this, it's the a promise that right there, that's enough. Uh, yes, his promise. He's true to his word. And our hope is in that, not in my up and down fickle feelings that, well, today I don't really feel close to the Lord. Yes. It doesn't matter. I am close to the Lord because exactly he's got right. me in the palm of his hand. I'm inscribed on the palm of his hand. The no, Lord said. Ex- that is perfect what you just said, he's because right it's true. It is true. Or I'm that lamb wrapped around his neck, the neck of mm-hmm. Jesus. I, that's how close we are. And you know it's funny because I um, it was a movie called Hoosiers. It's a basketball oh, movie. Hoosiers. <laughs> okay. That's one of my. I'm from Indiana. Okay, I played it basketball. Oh, there you go. Then it wasn't. Then it wasn't. I feel I wasn't like I played t- in those gyms. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was the, in that movie the coach. There was a team they were playing. This team was so good, and he had his best player on their best player, and he says to this his player, "I want to know what kind of gum he's chewing by the end of this mm-hmm. game." And the, his team wins and the young man says to the coach, I think he said it was peppermint coach, Mm. something like that. Well, when I, I have used that line to the Lord, when I have felt like his presence, like I need to get closer to him and then I'll sense his presence and I'll say, 
that was peppermint Lord. (laughs) And I'll just say that was peppermint Lord. And I, it's just a fun thing between the Lord and I, that I'll use that because he's, he's as close as our breath. So if you're that close to know what kind of gum someone's chewing, you, you smell their breath, obviously. So he is as close as our breath. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's spearmint just because. (laughs) Yeah. No, that's a great illustration. A couple of quotes that I just, Oh, please. Yes. We have a few minutes about this subject. And these are, these are godly men who have walked with God for a long time. But the first one is from Chuck Swindoll. And he says, God's silence doesn't mean his absence. Silence is God's call for you to grow deeper, which go. is, you know, what we've been talking yes. about, the, the testing. Uh, another one by Tony Evans. He says, remember that although God is silent, he is not still. Because we kind oh, of think it. that if we're not sensing his voice or his presence or what or whatever, he's not doing anything. I mean, that he's completely <laughs> left the building and he may do, be doing all kinds of things right. behind the scenes on That's our exactly behalf. Right. Um, he never stops fighting for us. That's right. Yeah. I think if we all look back on our own lives, we would know that to be true. Yeah. The f- third and final one is from Tim Keller. And he says, guidance, now this is a different approach, but he says, guidance is not something God gives as much as guidance is something that God does. Because I think sometimes when we feel like God is silent, it's because we're asking him for very specific direction. Should I take this job? Should I marry uh, this person? Yeah. All of those (laughs) things that seem hugely pressing on us. So we want God's answer. And and how many times have, have I thought, why don't you just write it across the sky? Why don't you send me a letter? Oh, a text message. I wish it were so much easier to figure out what God wants us to do. But I liked this quote because we're sitting there, or I am sometimes just with my Bible on my lap, and I'm wanting that answer right now. What do you want, God? (laughs) Why won't you make it clear? And this gives a different perspective that God is guiding me. It's like the thing about you can't steer a parked car. No, you, you know, cannot. You just That's move right. in the, the wisdom that he's already given you. Mm-hmm. And as you're going, he steers you. Yeah. And that's actually scripturally too, as well. And the story where I think it was Nathan that needed to be healed and he, did, he was expecting God to heal him in a different manner. Oh, the guy that he told to dip yes. all those times? Yes. Yeah. And I, I probably have the name wrong, but <laughs> yes. And he told him to go do it. And he's thinking, why, why are we doing it this way? Right. Like, I thought you were going to do it this way. So it's exactly right. And mm-hmm. God it has his eye on us on a consistent basis. And it was his pride because he was some kind of a ruler. Yes. Because God had told him to go get in the river seven yes. times. And he considered that river nasty and Ner- dirty. dirty and, and he said, don't I have better rivers where yes. I'm from, wherever He had was. leprosy. Yeah. And he and God's trying to heal him, and he's arguing. And he's arguing with him. <laughs> yeah. You know, you would have thought he would have, have yeah, really. jumped in a septic tank if it was going <laughs> to fix the problem, right? But yeah, um, that's how we are. Yeah, that pride. I mean, pride can be another reason we're not hearing, hearing from, from God, God. Yeah. because we have our own preset idea of how this thing how is going to go answer it. the answer we want. Yes, so, yes. All right, well, we've covered a lot of turf, and there's more to go, but we're going to wrap up for today, and... And we hope you'll join us next week. We're going to go through some of the five reasons why God may be silent and some lies that we believe that cause us to think he's silent. And that's not really the reason at all. So come back next week. 
Ladies, we pray you've been encouraged today and that you'll come back next week for more Truth and Hope. And if you'd like to know more about us, check out our websites. Those addresses are in the show notes. And hey, if this podcast encouraged you, it can probably encourage someone else. So please share it and share some hope.